And we're back for our third episode of That's Haram. I'm Corey. Sahar is joining me. Hello, hello. And we have another very special episode today <laughs> that hopefully we can do this <laughs> once and never have to do it again. We always say this, so that we're like, maybe we'll actually end up doing two episodes. But so I know, but we didn't have it. to last time. We did it. We did hijab in one, and then we were done. Yes. Yeah, so uh, we're we always say uh, we joke with each other like the three cornerstones of that haram is was it bacon hijab and terrorism. Yeah. So consider this the bacon episode. <laughs> we probably won't actually do a terrorism episode because well, I think that we kind of talked about it in the intro episode though. <laughs> We did, in context of media representation, yeah. but I feel like a whole episode might be a little... Anyways, we'll get to that when we get to that. Today, it's all about bacon. Or more specifically, like, how not great media depictions are about things that are, like... I'm, we call the podcast That's Haram, but there are things that are, you know, haram, haram, and yes. halal, and yes. I'm going to let Sahar tell everybody about that. She- let me say that's haram. I kind of originally started using it in the context of when you like meme and you're like, wow, this is a cursed thing, that kind of thing. But haram itself in Arabic just means forbidden or it could mean sacred. And then halal means permissible, right? So when I say that's haram, I'm mostly just joking that like something shouldn't be happening. So in the context of media representation, when something is just wrong, I go that's haram. But now that we're actually talking about things more and more, we can utilize the terms correctly. So let's, I think an easy entry point into this is, I mean, yes, people talk about bacon, but I know everybody <laughs> is f- more or less familiar with kosher as far as Judaism goes. So it's in that sense of what is halal to eat or to consume and what is right. haram. And much like with kosher food, pork is not considered halal for Muslims to eat. Yep. And obviously you have Muslims that don't necessarily follow that, which we've said there are some Muslims out there that choose to eat pork. But again, don't assume that just because you're trying to write some radical progressive Muslim character that you're going to make them super awesome by, you know, making them not eat pork because that's not really how that works. Yeah. And to add to that, alcohol is the other big thing. Yeah. Um, uh, alcohol is super haram. Originally, it was allowed, actually. God was like, you can drink it. And then we failed at, like, <laughs> praying in time. And so the God was like, never mind. Don't drink it when you're pr- around prayer time. And then we failed at that. And then God was like, you know what? We're just going to get rid of it. That's not how God said this. Clearly, it came down in Arabic to the prophet. I'm being slightly blasphemous. I apologize to God. But you get the point. Well, I mean, obviously, we proved a little right. So... <laughs> I don't know what he was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I can say this with five years of sobriety. Obviously, no alcohol is a good idea. Yeah. And and that's, I mean, with bacon especially, that's also similar, right? So with kosher as well, it was out of safety. Like, pigs are mm-hmm. kind of gross. We don't know what's happening. And when we actually get into more of the other, so a lot of times, like, seafood, right? So some Muslims will eat shrimp and shrimp only others will eat squid octopus the whole you know oysters everything and that's really just based on like where they're from and where yeah that one i don't think is like as enshrined as you know the whole no shellfish thing yeah that you can see when we we talk about kosher 
while um different complicated yeah it's complicated different sects have different like how they come down on it and like you said it's also cultural depending on where you live in the world so right you know i think think one of the the two constants are mainly like pork and alcohol yeah (coughs) pardon me um but uh, it's difficult because there's not really any way to actually know it's not like a easy proof if this then that because mm-hmm. there are so many sects of Islam, and it's based on the different schools of thought. So I guess we'll just start with explaining that there are two major groups, the Sunnis and the Shias. And all you need to know for the purpose of this podcast is the reason why there are two groups is because of succession. People couldn't decide who was going to be in charge after the prophet passed away. So now there are two groups, right? But under those two groups, there's a whole bunch of schools of thought that number, like, Sunnis have, I think, and then there's also more with the Shia communities and then underneath that there's even more and I'm not going to go into all of them because it's not really helpful and I mean I don't know them but through those schools of thought all the different scholars you know took what the prophet had said and what's in the Quran and kind of made rules on how to do all sorts of things so when it comes to food people who are like in Indonesia they're on water so they eat all of the stuff that's there because they know how to like catch it cook it eat it it's fine but everyone who was landlocked, like, you wouldn't be getting fresh fish. So eating that, you might die because you're going to get sick. So then those rules now in the year 2019, a lot of them necessarily don't make sense, but it's just become habit. So, like, I personally don't eat lobster or crab and other things, but I do eat shrimp and prawns. I will eat crab and lobster, but I don't eat shrimp and prawns. <laughs> so Well, you also don't eat shrimp because, like... <laughs> food poisoning that's what yes that's but at thing, the right? same time i've seen enough like i've heard enough horror stories from aunties that i'm just like no <laughs> that's fair even if and i wanted to be with, adventurous like, again the aunties have like scared me away from it that's fair and then with me too like generally like cow goat like all of those animals are allowed and then like some people might eat other animals and now i can't think of any examples because I live in the US. But I do so think I it's also to point out is like the way you get your meat is also a factor. Um, like halal beef or halal chicken or it's it's how it's um It's how it's slaughtered. So yeah, the it's, is the slaughtering method. Right. And it you know, it's about you know, trying to be humane and being mindful of, you know, a creature has to die so you can have this meat. Right. Right. And I know, I mean, there's there's been a bunch of YouTube where you have, like, the foodie channels. They go to a halal butchery and they get really weirded out because the guys will have them, like, help slaughter a chicken or something. And then afterwards, right. they're like, you know, this actually really made me think about the fact that an animal had to die just so I could have this. And how many bags of chicken have I bought and just let go bad and thrown away. So, I mean, it's not this whole thing about being barbaric. It's about being mindful of something has to die so you can have this. Right, exactly. And also, not only does the animal have to die so you can have it, but also Zabiha covers everything up also in the context of how is the animal being raised? What is the animal eating, right? Not as, okay, let me rewind for a second. Not to say that there aren't, like, 
the beehive farms that don't have the same issues as just like general American wheat farms. But the idea is that, you know, they're going to be growing on grass. They're not going to be getting like weird substances in their meals. And at the time of the slaughter, it's, I hope this doesn't gross anyone out, but it's just one slice across the crowded, immediately drained, immediately prepared to be taken home or cooked. And they're not kept in the slaughter room. They're not kept with the other, they can't see the other animals being slaughtered. I was just about to say, that's a big thing. They're slaughtered individually. There's no stun guns. There's none of, you know, the stuff that you would see in the food documentaries that get pretty famous for showing the unfortunate things that are happening to our animals Mm -hmm. in the general um, processing plants and what have you. But, you know, if you go by media, it's really, it's like a fallback for them to label like, oh, halal slaughter is just, it's so barbaric. And we don't look at the actual practices for how we get our meat in non-halal right. factories almost, slaughterhouses in the U.S. So, right. I, you know, if you actually go and watch those documentaries to see what's happening, you know, I, I think it's pretty obvious that halal meat is by far more humane and mindful. Yeah, absolutely. And all the parts have to be used and, you know, everything is immediately put away. There's no waste unless something is just... A- bad portion of the meat or something and in that Mm -hmm. case we wouldn't want to eat that anyway because something could be wrong with that animal right so i mean there's a lot of stuff that goes into when we talk about haram and halal and it's not this just kind of fun media thing like i know people talk about oh Muslims are just so afraid of pork. The easiest way for us to win this war is just go drop a bunch of bacon bits or pig carcasses on the Muslim the countries. I mean, that. Like, seriously? And, like, literally everyone was just like, wow, you're just pissing us off. It's not doing anything to make us, like... Like, we like, are not going to flip the frick out if we <laughs> accidentally eat pork. We're annoyed because it's like, well, right. that's great. I ordered this food. Now I can't eat it, and it's a waste of food, right. but... We're just not going to eat it. Right. Exactly. And real quick, talking about like, this reminds me of a time when I was younger. My parents and I went to a restaurant and the guy purposefully brought out pork after we told them not to twice. And then we had to talk to the manager and that you can imagine how well that went for that person. They don't work there anymore. But like, just don't do that. Like, what are you what did you get out of it? Like a weird sixth sense of satisfaction. And now food has gone to waste. We're just mad and we're not going to pay you. And so nobody won. Like, and you don't have a job. Yeah, like, what did you do? (laughs) Don't be a dick. Exactly. But, I mean, again, it's like, I I do think you see this also. It's not just with Muslims. I mean, there's Islamophobia, but you also see it with um, Jewish kosher law with Mm anti-Semitism, too. And it's a lot of people being bigots. And you, for some people, I think they just assume it's a kind of a joke. Yeah. And I'm like, it's, it's not KKK-level bigotry. And yes, you're not going and putting a pig's head on a masjid, but yeah. you're still being rude right. and kind of a dick. And it's, it's also <coughs> interesting, too, because, like, if your whole personality is about bacon, like, go read a book, Linda. What are you doing with your life that all you care about so much is whether or not I can eat bacon? A number of times as going up, people were like, oh, my God, I'm so sad for you. Linda, I don't care. I've never had it. I'm not missing out on anything. It's just a piece of meat. 
I can eat beef and goat and so many other animals that aren't gross. It's fine. It's cool. You or for me, okay coming from a revert perspective, like, yes, there's yeah. times I miss bacon, but at the same yeah. time, I'm like, holy crap, that is so bad for me. Yeah. Like, having a no stop eating this, like, you really have to stop eating this is actually better for my health. Right. Well, I mean, that's where And I'm surviving just fine. Like, I don't spend the entire day missing bacon. I may miss <laughs> it every once in a while when I want a freaking breakfast sandwich, but that's about it. I mean... Does bacon exist? Question mark. There's other things you can put on there. It's not the end of the world. It'll be okay. Beef bacon. Beef yeah. bacon is fine. I mean, growing up, we had beef hot dogs. It's yeah. not like I didn't get to eat a hot dog. I mean, wow, that's not English. I didn't know what hot dog was. I got to eat them. They were just beef and not pork. It probably tasted better anyway. I mean, I think so. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's also though the same thing with alcohol is right. I may be a little bit more sensitive to this just because like I'm also a recovering alcoholic right. and it's not just on the like it's haram for me as a Muslim but you just drinking is so socially acceptable especially in the United States it's social oh, lubricant yeah. right. so there is a almost like a different context of like oh you poor thing you can't eat bacon like people get obsessed with that but then it's like this weird Oh, you can't just have one drink. Right. Oh, you can't do this. Well, don't you feel left out? And I'm like, you know, Again, alcohol is not good for you. Yeah. Well, it's, it's it's the whole thing of like in America, especially like, and and I think sometimes in different parts of Europe. Although, from my understanding, from my Muslim relatives there, it's not as bad because they have access to like people can drink earlier. So, mm-hmm. anyways, in America, like here, same thing. Like people are like, "Are you sure you don't want to go to the bar? Are you sure you don't want to do this?" And I'm like. I just told you how sure I am. I have no interest in it. And per, for me personally, I'm the kind of person who, if I could drink religiously, I would have wasted all my money because then I would want to try all the cool fruity drinks, which have more alcohol content anyway. And so, like, these rules are absolutely for people like us because we don't need to have that temptation of, let me just spend a billion dollars now on one night because I wanted to try every fancy drink ever. And again, it's not good for you. That's why the rule is there because... Muslims back in the day couldn't handle themselves because alcohol is addictive. And so then people today can't handle themselves because alcohol is addictive and Alcoholics Anonymous exists for a reason. Right. Right. I mean, we could do a whole (laughs) we could do a whole episode just on like alcohol culture in general and how for people who don't drink. That's a huge issue, because, again, like you said, like people get so in their feelings. And I'm like, I know you care so much. It's not that important. There are so many other things that I could be drinking and doing or spending my time on. And it's not just, you know, like Muslims. Again, it's for, you know, if you're a recovering alcoholic, you have to deal with it too. Right. And, you know, I make a lot of... for health reasons. Like, there's yeah. just so many reasons why. Or they just don't want to drink. And we're not saying you... Well, I mean, if you're a Muslim, we, we're obviously saying it's like, that's haram. But if you're not <laughs> Muslim, we're not saying you can't drink. We're just saying it's like... Don't be a dick to us about it when we're saying right. we don't want to. Right. But also, you know, don't drink and drive. Yeah. And drink responsibly. Muslims against drunk driving. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not to poke fun at moms against drunk driving. I just thought that was really funny. Well, everybody should be against drunk driving. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, so anyways, and it's like with any other things too, like, I remember actually growing up <laughs> when I was five or six, I remember my teacher being so shocked that I was like, wait a second, is this meat? What is this that I just accidentally put in my mouth? Because just growing up, my parents were really like on top of making sure that I knew what I was and wasn't allowed to eat. And it wasn't that like, oh my God, you ate this, now you're sinning and you're going to hell forever. It was just, 
we don't want to accidentally eat things we're not supposed to eat. So mm-hmm. I remember, you know, for school trips, always being like, hey, like, what's in this food? And then it was also good for me as a kid. Like, we should be interrogating what we're eating and what we're provided. Yeah. It's a good habit to grow up with and just being mindful of what you're putting into your body. I will say, though, on the flip side, the one thing I am sad and miss is Starburst. It's the one chewy candy that still only has gelatin, and it's specifically meat product gelatin. And finding that out was so sad because literally I found that out after eating a whole bag. So, oops. Sorry. I think a lot of people don't realize where gelatin (laughs) comes from. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, no one wants to think about where a lot of our byproducts come from. Like, the color red can come from bugs, which, like, whatever. Who cares? But, like cartilage from animals eh, gelatin not so great well specifically a lot of gelatin comes from pork yeah by product. exactly yeah or like okay real quick segue like hot cheetos for a while used to have this pork enzyme in it why it's literally just spicy puffs like there's i don't understand there's no reason for it to have it in there and so then they got rid of it and then it was fine but also like you deserve better food that doesn't have a ton of unnecessary byproduct right and there i know the farm to table movement in our eating culture is very popular right now especially with organic stuff yeah but absolutely like yeah we think about that for dinner but then we go on like with starburst or with our other candy or anything else we consume it's like we don't think about oh we're really healthy and we got this really good uh you know photo for our snapchat or for our instagram and then like everything else we eat throughout the day we don't think about it all uh pop tarts i miss those too they're not even that great but they were really nice when you didn't have time to cook breakfast but all the pop tarts except for the unfrosted kind have gelatin in the frosting which like really why do you need gelatin in this product it doesn't make sense but i'm not a food scientist so what do i know it's frustrating because you think you're good you're like yeah i'm not outright eating any pork this is super easy and then all of a sudden you're like wait what oh my goodness and you're like i have to read every single ingredient thing now because i can't trust what our food manufacturers are using and it's you know like again if we do eat it like god's not mad at us if it's an accident it's an accident it's about but it's also again these rules are about being mindful so when i check you know my ramen packet (laughs) i also apologize for the uh horn going off outside right now but again it's yeah Allah's not gonna Allah's not going to be like, you're going to hell because you ate icing coated Pop-Tarts when no reasonable person would think to be like, let's put pork in the icing. You know, exactly. like, come on. Exactly. Right. And so that's why if you accidentally again, consume like- something because you are unfamiliar with reading ingredients and you don't realize something is pork related, like, okay, it's an accident. Yeah. But also, like, why are they putting... Once you do know, you're just kind of like, why are they putting this in here? Yeah. Well, and it's funny, too, because, I mean, I'm not going to get into it because it's just going to gross our viewers out. But there's a lot of different enzymes and byproducts that, like... I understand why they exist because, like, mass production, but also, like, I don't really know why that's in my food and I would like for it to go away. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's a discussion for another day. And, like, there's whole books, like, Halal and Haram and, like, websites dedicated to, like, letting Muslims know about what they can eat. And sometimes I'm just like, you know what? I'm over it. I don't even care anymore. I'm going to eat whatever's in front of me. Hopefully there's nothing bad in it, but I'm so tired of reading these damn ingredients every day. (laughs) 
Yeah, like sometimes it's just I'm hungry and or, you know, you only have so much money. Exactly. Right. And that, that is something to be said that like I definitely growing up before we had a lot more halal markets, specifically with, you know, meat slaughtered the way that we eat it. There were definitely people who would eat chicken. They wouldn't eat pork, but they would eat chicken and beef if they could figure out where it came from, because that was what they had access to. So there's the whole I mean, and there are some European countries now that are banning um, halal slaughtering, which is a discussion for another day. But like, it's also a question of access and like what you have, because if you're not back home in the motherland, literally, you know, raising your own animals and doing it yourself, like you don't know where you're going to get it from. Yeah, it's a matter of access. And it's also like I said, it's a matter of, you know, like, can you afford it? Right. You know, maybe somebody can only afford a packet of Pop-Tarts or cereal that may have a pork byproduct in it for breakfast. If that's all you can, me. If that's all you can afford, then, you know, desperate times, desperate measures. But at the same time, you know, that's a different discussion for food justice. Yeah. Or like, okay, vanilla extract. Like some Muslims won't drink it because it's got a weird percentage of alcohol. So there's just so many different things. That Who you're like, drinks vanilla second. extract? I don't know. But again, like putting it in your food up here i don't know you probably have to put like a whole bottle of it for it to be alcoholic but the point is there's alcohol content in it but then on the flip side medication because it's medicine like if it has alcohol it has alcohol so it just point being on... like there's a lot of discussion <laughs> in and around here it's not this like you know pearl clutching thing until somebody is like a dick and knowingly puts it in there and lies to you then right. it becomes a thing because then you're being right. a dick to me yeah. I mean, there's the whole debate of like, okay, well, if I cook dessert with alcohol, but the alcohol cooks out, so it's really just there for the taste. Like, some Muslims, like my family growing up, like, we never drank, drank. We did not drink desserts. But we did not eat desserts prepared with alcohol just because it was better for us. We just didn't. And same thing with like pastas that have like sherry sauces and what have you. So it just depends on the family and like the person and what their personal threshold is. Right. Somebody who grew up in Italy may obviously have a different take on that. Yeah. Because it's everywhere. (laughs) Right. Well, and I mean, if you're cooking things long enough, then it's fine. But again, that's the question. It's like, quote, what is long enough? And like for my aunt, who actually moved to Italy and now makes pasta all the time, like she just makes it without alcohol. But if her family goes out to eat, they're going to be like, whatever. Like it's going to be in all of our meals. Mm -hmm. So the main point about this is being mindful in your consumption. Yeah. And also, you know, like, alcohol is just not great <laughs> for most people. <laughs> Everyone listening to us, damn, strong feelings about alcohol, man. But really, Well, though. I mean, for me, I, obviously, it's different just because, again, I am a recovering alcoholic. So I have very yeah. different views from coming out the other side of that with alcohol and you know maybe somebody who is muslim and has never drank in their life so for me the no alcohol thing i have a different relationship to that than you know you do yeah but it's okay you know we've been talking about food and drink but there's also gambling which is also forbidden and it's the same thing so things that can be addictive humans are i mean even something like Angry Birds. I used to play that game all the damn time. And then one day I was like, holy shit, I'm on level whatever the heck. I need to stop. Because I was so, like, I needed to finish it. And so Psychologically, we're prone to addictive behaviors. Yeah. and so I mean, It may I, not I, be I, hardcore I, drugs. It may not be alcohol. <laughs> but how many other things in your life, if you really stop to think about it, like with Sahara and Angry Birds, are you yeah. like, I don't want to stop 
you know, I don't want to give this up or, oh my goodness, why, how did I sink this much time into this? Or, you know, um, when I started spending money on candy crushes when I knew I had a problem. And so I had to delete all of those games off my phone because again, they're so fun. Like you want to play, you want to beat it. And then they're like, holy crap. And they're designed to be addictive. Exactly. There are people out there that design addictive things to exploit basic human psychology. And I think that's one thing about Haram and Halal is it's sort of like a safety measure in there for you to realize, wait, this is fall under gambling. I may have a problem with this. Yep. This is something that's addictive and I, you know, it may take over my life. And I think, you know, with Islam, you know, Allah gave us these guidelines to you know try and help us out with addictive behavior or addictive things right i mean i think of like growing up like my parents didn't even let us play card games because they didn't want us to like i mean it's a little extreme like mom dad really come on it's literally just a game of bs come on Mm -hmm. well to be fair bs was probably not a game i should have been playing at five anyway but the point (laughs) point is um, you know, we we were just kept away from all that stuff because it was better to be safe than sorry. And it wasn't like we were kept away in the context of not knowing about it. We knew what mm-hmm. everything was. You obviously don't want your kids not to know what things are and how things work. But it just kept us away from, you know, like video games, same thing. Like my parents didn't care about like the games necessarily being violent or anything. They just don't want me and my brother spending all of our time on it. Right. And so I think a lot of this is reflected again in the foods and the drinks and other things that we're not mindful consumption. Exactly. But I mean, that is a, you know, it's a good thing to bring up like with gambling. So does that mean that Muslims are just completely banned from Las Vegas? Well, no, you can go to Las Vegas without gambling. It's, you know, it's being, not a dumbass in how you depict Muslims in culture on things that are haram and halal, like having somebody that is acting like they're going to burst out into flames by going to Las Vegas is kind of offensive, you know? (laughs) This is just really funny because literally a week ago, (laughs) I read a fanfic about Zari and Charlie getting married in Las Vegas and Zari picking out, ha, picking out. Um, at the Las Vegas buffets of having the best time of her life because there were so many food things she had never had in her life. And so, like, mm-hmm. clearly you can write it well and just think about what the people, your characters are eating, right? It right. doesn't need to be don't do it at all. When it comes to, and, like, for people writing it in actual TV shows, just, like, be smart about it. And I think part of it, actually, is because, like, Muslim people who are in Hollywood who talk about their personal lives and who are the bacon eaters or maybe drink alcohol, it becomes this weird dichotomy of like, well, those are the quote, cool Muslims, unquote. So then the Muslims who don't do those things are, it's it's a really weird, like we talked about this with the hijab epi- in the hijab episode, like because what we are seeing with actual Muslim people in real life and their experiences, their experiences are not wrong, but their experiences are not the ones that all of us are having. And right. so again, it becomes the the characteristics of these people that are being uh, it turns into another up. type of stereotyping exactly because then it's like oh like all these muslim male comedians you know they're doing xyz or abc and then everyone else just gets left in the lurch like well we don't do those things does that make us less cool or less you know american if you will because then there's the dichotomy of that so yeah you get this stereotype of a progressive or liberal muslim that 
drinks and consumes pork and gambles and you know could be promiscuous or do what mm-hmm. you know whatever else is going on and it becomes that oh well you have to do this then if you're liberal progressive like Sahara and right. I are incredibly progressive people yeah yep but we still keep to you know we don't eat pork if we can help it and we don't consume alcohol and we don't gamble that doesn't have any bearing on how progressive or liberal we are you know right. Sahar <clears throat> wearing hijab has absolutely no reflection on how progressive she is or you know by vice versa my not wearing hijab has right. no reflection on how liberal or progressive I am exactly and I think too I mean hijab is a good example because growing up like especially in high school and then in college when people who had never met Muslims before more so in college because when you go to college generally people from literally everywhere are coming to your school like I had met people who literally I was the first Muslim person that I'd ever met and then they would hear me talk and they're like I'm so confused I don't know what to like say because their depiction especially for those of us my age I mean we grew up post 9-11 America like they're expecting something very specific from me and I'm over here <laughs> clearly cursing so cursing is hard well I mean be doing like that. to be to be completely fair and honest um, you know, before I ever started down the road to reverting, um, you know, I'd worked with Sahar for several years and it wasn't until like, <laughs> yeah, late 2017, early 2018 that we like just really started talking as friends and I heard how actual foul mouthed she was that, I mean, it took me aback, like to be completely <laughs> honest, I was like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> well and i also think for you because it is i mean you are also my boss too in the context of fundamentals and so you're like wait this is weird but yeah so like people hear me talk about anything or like how progressive liberal whatever you want to call it i am and they're like i don't know what's happening mm-hmm. or and then in context of like sexuality and stuff like i talk a lot about lgbtq things and people are, are always like there's like this weird like wait what you're muslim why are you talking about these things because and that's an entirely different know. episode of its own with exactly. lgbt issues in islam so i mean we don't need to dip into that too much tonight because that's no just definitely that's turn into episode. its own thing but people have expected yeah, and so this goes back to again like when the media that everyone has has says one two three things about each group whatever that group may be when anything happens outside of that expectation, people are like, like stopping at a red light really quickly. Like, what mm-hmm. is going on? I don't understand. And I think that's what happens with food a lot, with dress, with like how we talk about things, what our interests are, um, especially in the context of Muslim women. Like, people just expect so many different things that aren't the truth. And you're like, can I just sit and chill and eat my cheesecake or whatever like thing I want to do? Can can we just all get along? It'll be okay. Right. Assuming the cheesecake doesn't have pork byproduct. Good lord, I hope not. That'd be weird. What would you? Even, you know what? I'm not gonna Google it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna. Google Corey, pork do not cheesecake. ruin cheesecake for me. I maybe maybe someone wants to do like a oh god, this sounds like a bad episode of Chopped. Savory cheesecake deconstruction. Anyway, no. Oh, why would you make a savory <laughs> cheesecake? That just sounds so gross. You could probably like. I don't know. Anyways, I was looking up other things that are, we aren't allowed to eat, like crocodiles and alligators, but I'm sure there's probably Muslims that eat that. I mean, again, like, I'm just looking up random stuff now because it's fun. But mm-hmm. probably, like, the food most likely we're allowed to eat as long as it's slaughtered the right way. And if it's, like, a weird food that, like, no one eats, then 
probably we're not eating it. I guess it's kind of the fair. Man, you're really going to hate me. (laughs) Why? Uh, Cheesecake can contain gelatin. Uh, Is it because it's on the... um... The top with the with like the toppings, or is it because it's cooked in to make it um, more springy? I think for the texture. Eh, well. Oh wow! Altoids contain gelatin. What? Yeah. Why? No, that's what I'm looking at right now. To give Altoids their distinct texture, most varieties contain gelatin. This is is isolatorfitness.com well i knew candy corn had okay here we go no gelatin is a firming agent to set the cheese oh no well that's good to know it's probably not used like most recipes i use clearly don't have gelatin and if i'm eating Mm -hmm. it at like an italian restaurant you can make cheesecake without gelatin but apparently a lot of people in like the store stuff yeah it has gelatin in it so Oh, good to know. What? Oh, no. See, this, this is, is just going to be a terrible day. This is why, for all of you listening, don't look things up because you will go down the rabbit hole and realize that literally 90% of the food has gelatin in it. I know. Well, I just is... realized I can't have frosted mini wheats anymore. Oh, sad. I don't eat those, so I'm not as sad for myself. But I am sad for you. Oh, no, That's no, no. It's beef. It's beef. Okay, I'm good. That's good. That's it's better. beef tendon. Why is there beef tendon in Kellogg's frosted mini wheats? <laughs> We just spend the next 20 minutes of our episode talking about shit that has gelatin in it. No, right. but I mean, obviously, like marshmallows, jello, gummy bears, yeah. like you obviously, can't have yeah. gel Sour caps, which is pretty great. Yeah. Gel uh, caps falls into medication, which for me, yeah, I personally, so like, if you need the medicine, then yeah, no, obviously you have to take it. Well, and we will do an episode all about Ramadan in Ramadan. But it's the same thing with like fasting. Like, you don't need to fast unless. You are told to. Like, if you are sickly, don't fast. If you need medication that has gelatin in it, eat the medication so you don't die. Mm-hmm. Like, common sense is also applicable here. Right. Did you um, know that there's soft drinks that have a beta carotene coloring that's stabilized by fish gelatin? I did not, but that's really interesting. Yeah, I did Coca-Cola's know- Lilt, whatever Lilt is. I don't even know what it is, but apparently it has fish gelatin. There's a goose outside. I'm sorry. We clearly, both of our locations has weird sound things happening. So if any of you just heard the goose honking, I apologize. There's also something called L-cysteine, which is an enzyme that comes from human hair sometimes. So clearly there's a lot of gross things in our food. So, you know, just don't worry about it unless you're Muslim and or if you're just really interested in like not eating things that are kind of icky and weird. Um, I mean, also like depending on where you are, where you live, like certain things may be more challenging. Like obviously I live in Los Angeles. I have to be careful about the um, Mexican food I eat because a lot of like the tortillas are made with lard and I can't eat that. Um, Or, you know, maybe if you live in a food desert, you ain't going to find anything. Yeah. Also, it's just stuff that it, it, varies on where you live and what type of cuisine is most prominent and what you have access to or even what you have the money for i also think interestingly enough on the flip side if you are living in a bigger city while so like for example i'm originally from texas a lot of our tortillas as well are made with you know large byproducts and what have you there is because of the big push of veganism and everything else a lot of times things are now by default 
people, they don't have those products. Mm-hmm. When I go out to eat, like, I'm assuming that I'm able to eat whatever I need to, unless it's, like, a very specific dish that I know is going to have pork or usually has pork. So, like, beans, refried beans usually have some kind of lard. So I'll just ask. So, again, it just goes back to, like, each person's individual rules and, like, patience and the time and effort needing to be put in to figure things out. Most of the time, we're probably going to be able to eat it. But then when it comes to, like, mass-produced, like, junk food and other things like that, like, as we just talked about, like, cheesecake, we have now learned that sometimes gelatin is used as a setting thing. And, like, many desserts, just by watching Food Network, I know, like, anything that's, like, jelly textures, probably they're using gelatin. But you can always ask for them to use agar-agar, which is a plant product. So it just depends. But, again, like, we also just discovered, you know, it's being mindful and looking up what is actually in your food. I -hmm. also just now read that white sugar may have animal bone in it so that's something i need to keep in mind um but it really is a certain amount of wood byproduct and shredded cheese so really yeah this is a larger larger discussion discussion almost you could really be having about you know u.s food and drug administration and why they allow this stuff into our food in the first place right right I feel like I need to look this up now. I feel like we're more up on food justice just because we have to look for, you know, what's halal and what's haram than people who just eat and don't have to look this up. I think it kind of helps you be more educated on where our food is coming from and what is in our food and why Mm -hmm. is this in our food? Exactly. Well, I think, again, going originally back to our first discussion – in the context of slaughtering animals, like, again, like, we don't want to be eating animals that have been treated terribly. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be using their byproducts and putting, you know, like, for fabrics or what have you. Like, there's so many things that we do with our animals that, at the very least, we're going to eat them. We should be treating them well on during their time here. Mm-hmm. But because of the way the food industry works and mass production of everything, it just makes it difficult for any of our foods. I mean, again, I talked about briefly just for, like – the joke about the red food coloring like it is made from bug pri- bug product of whatever kind i can't remember but also like am i gonna stop eating my starbucks frappuccino that's a st- strawberry flavor probably not because like whatever it's just red food coloring so again it depends on like personally what you're like it, everything we talk about and that's from goes back to like personal choices mm-hmm. in the context of our rules provided by our religion and also common sense yes because again if it's talking about medication, it's going to save your life, then obviously you need to take the medication that's going to save your life. Which, by the way, Muslims are all about vaccines and other things like that's that. That's a good point Which, to bring up. We could do a whole episode. Oh, my God. Guys, we might do a whole thing about, like, science and Islam and We vaccines. need to do that. So oh, my goodness. Happening. So that's going to be an episode of That's Haram at some point. <laughs> That's from medicine. Or, like, yeah. people ask me, like, okay, because I'm from Texas, so clearly the pro-choice, pro-life conversation comes up all the freaking time. And people were always, like, so shocked when I was like, yeah, I'm a, like, yes, let's go. Abortion is great. And then they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, like, if people need to do it, they need to do it, which obviously I'm, you know, being kind of uh, facetious right now for the sake of the podcast but I would always explain like in Islam it's absolutely allowed within the context of like safety and other things and people are always so shocked because in Texas the, the predominant religion is some variety of Christianity right and mm-hmm. so it's always interesting to me like talking about those things as well like what's forbidden for us in specific contexts may not be forbidden for others or vice versa and why things are forbidden 
I think again it's this assumption the food, that so many people have that Islam is this very conservative, repressive religion. Yeah. And, you know, just for me digging into it, it's like, it's, that's the wrong idea to approach it with so much as it's very much about being mindful. Yeah. It's being mindful. It's about using, you know, your common sense. It's, a lot of it is very much in the sense of, like, not being a judgmental asshole. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this is stuff we'll talk about, you know, as we go on, especially like with if you want to go with like medicine and science, my goodness, um, yeah. you know, every I've had the conversation, we'll expound upon this when we have a Ramadan episode of, you know, they're very surprised of like, well, why aren't you fasting this week? Well, I mean, it's I'm rebooting the ovarian system. So obviously <laughs> I have to make this up later. Like, wh- why do you, you don't have to fast when you're on your period? It's like. No, because... I might pass out and die. Like, Yeah, people, I don't know, somebody at least realized maybe, maybe if women are having their cycle and they're already bleeding and their hormones are going crazy, we shouldn't be depriving them of food. <laughs> I mean, and this is something you would think is common sense, but it is so shocking to non-Muslims to hear this. I'm like, wait, who's the more progressive one now? <laughs> Yeah, and I also actually, real quick, it's also even sad to some Muslims because discussion for another day, like, we just don't teach our kids everything we should be teaching them, and so sometimes, like, people at the mosque would be like, well, why aren't you praying right now? And I'm like, hello, there's waterfall of blood coming out of me. I cannot (laughs) pray right now. (laughs) And I would say it with that tone and in that voice, and they would be like, all right, we're going to leave you alone now. And I'm like, thanks, Linda. Well, actually, their name would never have been Linda, but you get my point. Um, I need to make up, like, a Linda Arab name. (laughs) <laughs> Layla, thanks, Layla. <laughs> so, but I mean, it really is. It's just there's this assumption that Islam is repressive and it's super conservative and for some reason anti-science, yeah. and it's not. And that's the whole point of that's haram is to be peeling back these stereotypes. Like again, yeah. if you got anything so far from this episode that we've been talking about haram halal consumption it's educating yourself being mindful of yourself and realizing that yeah the human condition and human psychology predisposes us to certain things so yes there are rules that we need to follow because we will inevitably or invariably fuck up if we don't just because you know Allah knew this Allah knew all of this and that's why we have them right Humans do not do well with alcohol and gambling or other addictive behaviors. <laughs> it's just—it's a fact. You can't deny it. I mean, it's just basic right. fact. We're well, addictive also, beings. I also think something to be said too is it's not just food and drink; it's also media, <laughs> right? So, like, I talked mm-hmm. about games, video games, in the context of gambling, but it's also like, am I spending all of my time watching? <laughs> one of my someone I know is going through like an SCU rewatch, which, like, I don't know why. More power to them. That's a lot of episodes, but like. Am I sitting here watching TV because I'm getting something out of it or am I just sitting here mindlessly? And I catch myself actually, I, the last two weeks I've noticed this because I am paying for Netflix, I feel like I have to go on to Netflix to watch something to get my money's worth, which discussion mm-hmm. for another day about money and capitalism in the context of Islam, that would be a whole other episode. Oh, wow. That's but, a good one. That's a good one. Um, but, you know, thinking about like, what am I doing in my day? Like, so yes, I am taking breaks to pray my five prayers, which... I don't remember if I said this in a different episode, but originally it was going to be 50, but then Moses told Muhammad that wasn't going to happen, and then they went back and forth until Muhammad finally was like, 
you know what, Moses? I'm just going to stop and let my people pray five times. I'm not going to go ask God another time to like take it down. Mm-hmm. I apologize to all the prophets for the way I just told the story. But um, <laughs> if by spending my time doing things that are good and meaningful, and not that like you can't watch TV. I clearly, we watch a lot of TV. But just thinking about like the books that I'm reading and what I'm doing with my time and the comments that I'm reading. Like, am I being mindful about when I'm reading them and why I'm reading them and how I'm reading them versus just sitting there to like take them all in because I have to. That's another well, thing for me, too, that we just talk about. how much I was consuming political theater. Oh yeah, you know, like absolutely. the news channels, Twitter, Facebook. You know, for me, I had to take a step back. I'm like, I am taking in way too much of this i'm spending way too much time on this and it's something i need to be careful of because i mean yes i do need to be knowledgeable but it is very much designed to keep you there yeah once you're in you're in and unfortunately right now with what's going on in our world everything's a trash fire yeah so we have to be mindful about how we're looking up information and then what we're doing in that information because right now especially everything is in fact designed to keep us there and then to keep us compliant because if we're just seeing all this negative shit then we can easily go into wow everything is terrible so it doesn't matter anyway Mm -hmm. but if you flip that and you go you know what here's what's happening right now depending on where you are in the world what is important to you because you can't fix it all that's something that's really important i think that we all forget you have to pick one or two things and just think about those and focus on how you're going to interact with those things and still be mindful of everything else going on in the world because unfortunately there's a lot happening Mm -hmm. at all times but if you're just sitting there and like I had to do the same thing, like I only check now in the morning on the bus and on the way home on the bus. That's 30 minutes max that I'm allowing myself to like spend time like flicking through all the different news pieces. And then later on the weekends, I'll sit down and I'll like read through everything if I want to. Mm-hmm. But it's not doing me any good to just be like constantly reading negative stuff and feeling down about the state of the world. I mean, that's how it was for me. I was just yeah. like it you feel down to the point where I'm like, I don't want to talk to other people about politics when they pop up on my timeline. Like, Hey, did you see this? I'm like, yes. Yeah. Like I already know everything's a trash fire. I don't need other people telling me things are a trash fire. So I just did a hard limit. Like after five o'clock, I don't talk politics with anybody. That's a really good. I like that guys. If you're struggling with politics, you should do what Corey's doing because I think that's great. I just have a hard cutoff limit, and I just tell people, it's like, hey, it's after five. I don't want to talk about politics. It's for my own mental health. I like it. I'm going to do that, too. But again, it's all it's all about mindful consumption. Um, and, you know, and you can do – it's the same way with – I'll talk about fandoms a little bit. I think you can be – so sucked into a fandom that it's all encompassing and it becomes your entire identity you're spending all your money on it that's haram too it is in fact haram con marie your fandoms y'all yeah like we say this a lot i mean you know elizabeth and i are going to be talking about this on ladies first at some point as soon as like both of us can have our voices back at the same time um but you know, how you consume your fandom. That's another thing of, you know, are you being halal in your consumption or is this becoming behavior that's haram and is not healthy for you? It's not healthy for your finances. It's not healthy for your mental well-being. You know, what are you allowing to consume you? I think is at the basis of this you know is yeah. are we talking about healthy things or are we talking about stuff that 
takes over and becomes detrimental to your social life, to your mental health, to your spiritual health, to your physical health. I actually think that's a really good way of framing all of our podcasts and what we talk about is, is the stuff we're consuming consuming us? Or are mm-hmm. we able to put a pause to it and have a, a line that we don't cross and, and some kind of boundary in between us? And, and it's kind of like the fourth wall, right? So we talk about Alindi's first a lot, like bad fandom behaviors. I think the same thing can happen with like haram. And I don't want to say like haram behaviors, but just like how we interact with daily things and what we do in our daily lives. Like, what am I getting out of all of the things that I'm doing? Some of the stuff we have to do is boring. Like, we have to go to work because capitalism and, you know, whatever. But what am I getting out of the rest of the fun stuff? Like, what I'm watching <laughs> last weekend, it was actually really fun. Car Masters on Netflix, if you're any at all interested in cars. I was not, and I put it on just to have it on. It was really cool. Like, I learned how cars are made. But anyways, the point is, like, what did I get out of that? Well, I learned something, and it was cool, and, you know, I enjoyed it. And not that there isn't, like, I can watch We Bear Bears, and that's mindful fun. But the point is, is, like, what am I doing with all of this? Like, what am I getting out of it? Conversely, are you in a fandom for, like, a TV show and say a ship becomes your entire life to where you're literally verbally attacking people online just because they don't support a fictional relationship between two fictional characters. That is not healthy. Yeah, that's haram. Yeah, that's haram. And that's not healthy for the people you're attacking, and it's certainly not healthy for you. And it's that whole point of like almost like obsession where we go into it like with me in politics. I was like, I'm kind of obsessed with this. I need to dial it back. This is not healthy for me. Right. Well, and I think and actually I think this is a good place for us to like move towards the end is that in the context Mm -hmm. of religion, we've talked about this a little bit on Ladies First and other podcasts. um, (laughs) Is this don't make fandom. And then I don't even mean big R religion, but like the way that we all all of us, including Corey and I, like the way we all can sometimes interact with fandom with a capital F TM at the end of the word, mm-hmm. it becomes this very like these ships are the all, end all be all and the the show Bible is now our Bible and just the way that we talk about these shows with our friends. But it's supposed to originally fandom is just supposed to be like a gathering of like minded people. We're hanging out. And we're talking about the things that we enjoy. And it shouldn't be like one of the um and I just forgot his name. I'm so sorry. But someone just tweeted, he covers DC TV shows. And he was like, I am sick and tired of all of the crap that I've gotten. And he listed like 12 different things that people have thrown at him because I'm not even going to point out which um, shipping group it was. It's not important. But they were mad at him for not liking the ship. And so they're sending him all these threats and like gross comments. And it's just like, please look in the mirror and realize that that's both haram in the context of like legitimately, legitimately the word haram and also how we use it here as in that's curse but also like who like you yourself now that negative energy is sitting in you mm-hmm. and so thinking about like your consumption and what you're doing with your life like you're not going to hopefully you're willingly body that's really bad or whatever like that's a discussion for another day but like you shouldn't be doing that with fandom either well and again like i did say elizabeth i and and i bleh, are going to be expounding upon that particular thread of line is just we have to both be healthy in the same place when we can actually talk um but it's anything you get into not just fandoms but fandoms are a good example just because of the scope of our site but you know or sports or anything else it's 
you have to be ethical and you have to be mindful about your participation and your engagement and your consumption of it. Exactly. And I think it boils, again, like we've said, it boils back down to halal and haram as far as like just very strictly Muslim things go to. I think it's a good guideline, exactly. even if you're not Muslim, to how am I viewing everything else in my life? Right. I mean, it's not this punishing kind of behavior for you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't have any fun. It's how am I consuming this? Is this good for me? It's right. not good for me. I don't need to be doing it. And I will say, I mean, there's plenty of, there are a lot of Muslims on the planet. So clearly there's a lot of like variation, everything and variation. There's clearly <coughs> people who are mad at each other and fighting. And there's all of that. Like geopolitics is a thing. But in mm. general, like Islam, and I think a lot of times religion in general, right? Regardless of whether it's monotheist or polytheistic is just supposed to be like a guideline to life and helping us make sense of the really wild world that we live in. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly there's been debates about this for literally since the beginning of time. But I think that's why for us, like with that's haram, what we want to do is we just want to, like Corey said, peel back a lot of the stereotypes and then also just talk about stuff that to this day Muslims are trying to figure out, right? When you have so many sects and so many schools of thought, it gets really convoluted really quickly. Right. But also, again, if you're a non-Muslim comedian, like please knock off the bacon jokes. They're not funny, and you just look like an ass. Everyone just knock off bacon jokes and stop telling you to drink alcohol. We're good. We don't want to. Thanks. We appreciate your care about us and for us, but we don't want it. Yeah. I mean, seriously, look who you're actually appealing to. Even if you think you're making a funny, look at who's actually going to be laughing at that, and then you have to really do some soul-searching on if you want to be associated with that group of people. Exactly. So I think we're about good that we can wrap up um, because if we keep talking, I think we're going to go off into a completely different topic. (laughs) We don't have time for that. Um, We hope you enjoyed our interesting adventure into food and gambling and alcohol for our episode. I shouldn't say bad behaviors, but like not exactly healthy behaviors. Yeah. Well, because I mean, like people can eat bacon and if they're eating it in moderation, they're fine. But Islam's just like got to go. No. So that's all. That's all we're saying. So we will be back next month. Yes. We haven't figured out what we're talking about for that month. But in May, we're talking about Ramadan. That came out of my mouth like a mess. (laughs) Okay. We'll talk about Ramadan. It'll be great. Thanks for listening to us. Corey, if you want to talk about all of our other amazing podcasts. We have other podcasts. Um, The Fundamentalists, Unabashed Book Snobbery, Beneath the Screen of the Ultra Critics, Right to Survive, and then also... Um, ladies first that Sahara and I talk on as well so be sure to check those out like and subscribe to us on iTunes if you have any comments about what we've said or if you even if you just have any questions about like well can you elaborate a little bit you know leave us a comment in the article copy Um, I know a lot of you listen to us on like Spotify or iTunes or even Spreaker or you download our episodes and listen to them in the car but if you we legitimately if you have questions we always post the podcast article on our physical side our website that correlates with when an episode comes out you can find it on our website feel free to leave a comment we do respond to them well sahara does more than i do just because i'm like sahara you're (laughs) you're probably better equipped to talk to them than i am but we do respond 
We do. And if and, you have things you want us to talk wow, English. If you want us to talk about, we'll talk about it. Yeah, if you legitimately have questions and you're like, Corey, Sahara, like I'm approaching you in good faith and I just don't understand this. Could you please talk about it? Like, yeah, we would love to. But you have to comment and let us know. We can't read your mind. Yeah. So All that's right. gonna be it for us. We will see you again in April and until then, have a good one. Bye.